Welcome to our ninth episode of the Pedwick Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by Joe. Hey, everyone. And today we are going to talk about the wide world of science fiction. Yes, it's one of my favorites, yes. for sure. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. Again, we're going to run this ad-free, um, see how it goes. Uh, so let's kind of jump into what science fiction is. Um, the the definition, <laughs> I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. Uh, fiction based on imagined future scientific or technological advances and major social or environmental changes frequently portraying space or time travel and life on other planets. And the first time the term science science fiction or sci-fi is really introduced in the 1950s, but it seems to have, you know, uh, there's no real definite beginning to it. Um, so I guess let's start off with how how would you define you know what science fiction is what's your personal definition definitely the word science yeah you know it's always like involves computers or space just something that's not typical of regular fiction i mean you'll have fiction that could be superheroes but even superheroes themselves could be a form of science fiction when you think about it because mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, have origins in labs and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. to me, it's all about science. And it's all about, I mean, we can go branch out to a million different ways, but it all comes back to the base of just science. Mm-hmm. So, science fiction, I mean, that's kind of a cheap thing to say is it's all involved science. But to me, it's always been like space and not necessarily labs or, or anything like... like um not like labs or, or like mad scientists. Yeah, like like stuff like that, like Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. That for sure is science fiction to mm-hmm. me. But it's always been, you, you think of uh, time and space, you know, like everyone mm. always talks about time and space. And any story that involves one or the other or the two together, mm-hmm. in addition to computers. And I think computers was a big thing of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Especially like when they got running like in the in the sixties and the seventies when they became more accepted to use computers. Mm-hmm. I think that's computers, time and space for me. When you add all those together, you get science fi- great science fiction stories that can be any kind of genre, whether it's drama, action, horror, whatever, it could all incorporate that. To me that's science fiction. So I guess my sort of personal definition would be um, a, a, a hypothesis based on reality, um, which can either be a, you know, utopia or a dystopian idea of what the future could be, um, you know, sort of a parallel timeline, you know, you, you're looking at things that are... You know, you d- you definitely deal with a lot of time travel and the idea of existence on other planets, uh, you know, parallel universes, you know, all of these 
I think affect our world whether or not we see it in you know our technology or not it might affect the way we think it's always I think it's just like horror you know that we spoke about in our last episode where it is a social commentary um I think it's I think it's a big reflection on how humanity sees the future whether it's positive or negative hmm it's pretty good so would you say that science fiction really is something that's unattainable in current real life? Or Ooh. is it something that also exists in normal everyday life, like regular computers or maybe oh. an AI or something like that? Because usually people kind of think of sci-fi uh-huh. as something that's like, oh, you know, it's like Star Trek, for example. I know we're going to touch on it later, but Star Trek takes place like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. So it's like this is like something that's not happened yet, something that's not in the realm of possibility. But does sci-fi kind of exist only because it's outside of the realms of possibility? Or is it something that could hmm. actually happen? I don't know, because you've got stuff, you know, like we we touched on Frankenstein um, but you also have 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So both of these stories are written in the 1800s, which is kind of unfathomable when you think of... Huh, unfathomable. Um, when you think <laughs> of um, science fiction, you don't think of these kinds of things. But those were ideas at the time, you know, well, what if you take science and try to create life with it? And, you know, in some instances, we kind of have done that a little bit where we can reattach limbs. You know, we can't necessarily bring someone back from the dead, but, you know, you have um, reattached limbs. You have bionics, you know, you you have um, stuff like that. We also have submarines that can go really far you know true but at the time it didn't exist so that's true when you when you really think about it though is that what made it science fiction was that it was something that didn't exist i think it's an idea it's it's hope that it could happen that works yeah yeah because i think a lot of stuff that we watch now i mean we just watched a movie last night called monsters of men Mm -hmm. which was about artificial intelligent robots that are sent in for military purposes and though we don't really have that yet it does seem like something that's plausible that could be happening in the near future yeah they they've come a long way with the military and and the robots that they can create so for me what made that kind of a um a horrifying movie to watch is that that could be possible um, and, and of course there's conspiracy theories and all that good stuff to <laughs> discuss, but that's definitely a yeah, whole different topic. For sure. But <laughs> the idea that we could create self-aware robots has definitely been a long running theme with science fiction. So. Skynet. Yes, exactly. So that kind of leads into our question. How do you think that science fiction has shaped the world that we see today? Obviously, the big thing about that is Star Trek because a lot of technology that it well, not a lot of technology, but there was a lot of technology in the show Mm -hmm. that actually became reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you watch even Next Generation and stuff like that when you were a kid, you know, I don't even remember when it came out. I'm not a Trekkie, so I'm not like huge into when things came out. But when the Next Generation was out, I believe in the 90s. Yeah. 
I think it was like 80s, 90s. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. They were um, walking around with their pads, which they yeah. called pads, P-A-D-D. Mm-hmm. And you were like, wow, that's so cool. Computers in your hand, you know? And, like, that was a concept that, like, w- seemed impossible. It was yeah, like, that's when, never going to happen. When you were a kid, you're, how you know, for our generation, you have probably heard your teachers say, oh, you're not going to be able to have a calculator with you at all times. And yet here we are yeah. with a calculator on us at all times. Yeah. And then like we and you have a pad in your hand right now yes. with the show notes on it. <laughs> I do. I mean, that is... You know, I mean, yeah, we're, what, 30 years in the future, but still. Yeah. That concept, while not unique to Star Trek, is something that, like, people always wanted, where it's like, we want a a computer that we can carry around in our hands and something that analyzes. And you think about it, our computer, our iPads and phones and stuff have cameras which have apps that can analyze things just by looking at it. Yeah. So, I mean, you could put your... I don't know how accurate it is, but you can put your finger on, on the lens and mm-hmm. use an app that monitors your heart. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, I think that's where what I'm trying to get at is that's just one example mm-hmm. of a lot of things that happened in Star Trek that at the time they were like, oh, this is so advanced that this yeah. is never going to happen. This is the future. <laughs> and now, 30 years later, we have things that were in Star Trek that's better in mm-hmm. real life than than they were actually on the show, which is insane. Of course, we haven't mastered teleportation or anything like that yet, you know, with the beat me up, Scotty, and all that. But yeah, the fact that, that it exists in a show means that somebody thought about it at some point. And, yeah. and we do know that scientists are always looking for ways to better everything or, or even create updates of stuff. So for all I know, they've got teleportation, like, already figured out but we don't know because they're not publishing their findings yet so i have no idea yeah i'm pretty sure that the 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 military has a lot of stuff that has been influenced by science fiction that we probably don't know they're you know anti-cloaking and probably all sorts of strange you know shaped planes and and whatever we'll get to that yeah (laughs) but um you know I, i i definitely agree with you Science fiction has definitely, and I think that's why nerd culture is so popular today, because all the kids that got made fun of for being interested in this kind of stuff grew up, and now they're bringing their, you know, childhood fantasies to life. Um, You know, you've got things like Apple, which seems so futuristic even now, uh, you know, for, for handheld devices, uh, most people, I assume, you know, you're, you're probably either Microsoft or Apple, but most people probably have an Apple product of some sort or something that is inspired by Apple. You know, you have even Dyson, you know, you don't normally think of vacuum cleaners as, as, as you know, um, technologically advanced, but they also make fans that are bladeless. Um, and those are all things that we probably didn't think could be reality, but we hoped for at one point. Uh, so I, I definitely feel like science fiction has influenced a lot of people to use their imagination and be creative and influence the world to make things mm, maybe easier, hopefully easier, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least cooler. In some I, in some respects, I completely agree, and it's it's not the people that create this stuff too. It doesn't mean that they're 
you know, a, a computer engineer or a scientist themselves. It mm-hmm. could just be somebody like who has a great imagination and wants to write science fiction. Yeah. And they write something in there and then somebody in the science field is like, you know what? That's a cool idea. I'm yeah. going to like try to make that or something to that nature. And we get a lot of the stuff that we have now. I think that science fiction, you know, that kind of blew up in the 50s, I think has a very big impact on our world today. A lot of stuff that ideas that they had back then all the way up through now, you know, we're still seeing stuff in sci-fi now um, that doesn't exist yet, but could very well exist. And there's so many people that watch this stuff there could be a scientist, a future scientist that's like six or seven years old watching this stuff mm-hmm. saying, oh, I want to do that when I when I get older. And then who knows? Maybe they will. Yeah. And I think that's kind of probably what sci-fi, it's kind of a simplification of, of what I think happened throughout the years. But that's kind of, in my opinion, how sci-fi has shaped the current world. Yeah. And is going to just continue, continue because I know this is getting a little tangent, or, you know, but when you think of sci-fi stuff things that are just um you know what i just lost my train of thought so let's just move <laughs> on i had something and then all of a sudden i started talking about something else and i'm like you know what i i'm losing it and i was like let's go back to it i'm like oh wait it's gone it's gone see ya it's out of here <laughs> i remember as a kid watching the jetsons yeah and there's a lot of technology even on this cartoon that was made in the late 60s or no, I'm sorry. I think the early '60s. Anywhere, somewhere in the '60s, um, it wasn't on for long, and then they rebooted it. Uh, but there's a lot of technology that wasn't around, you know. So you have, um, you know, you you can telecommunicate with people now. We have we we take Zoom calls for granted now. Uh, but at one point, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go to somebody's door. And, you know, we've got ring, you know, ring doorbells now where you can communicate with the person, even if you're not at your home, which, by the way, I love watching those videos. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely something that I thought was, you know, you're like, oh, whoa, you know, getting a security camera for your home. That's a big deal. But now yeah. you can get one for like $20 at Walmart. Yes. It's yeah. insane. And it's just a doorbell. Yeah. And we've come so far and so quick, like. Yeah. In such a small amount of time. Because I remember even like maybe a decade ago, you were like, ooh, you know, let's get home security. What is it? Oh, I need like 20 cameras to watch my home. And now everything is like you have the Alexas and you have all mm-hmm. these, you know, Google Home and Siri at home and Apple at home or whatever they want to call it these days. All of that stuff is all integrated now into your whole, whole home. It's just yeah. like, wow, everything's automated now. You can literally buy a camera and use a command strip per, for the most part, basically, and stick it to your door, yeah. you know, or, or the wall. Uh, and now you've got a security camera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think all of that sci-fi sort of bleeds into other genres. We've got, you know, horror um, and then also like spy and action stuff, you know, it's James Bond type of stuff, uh, which we're not going to go too much into. Um, but it's definitely influential and has, I think that science fiction in general has, uh, sort of helped speed up the, <laughs> the whole evolution of technology for sure. I agree. Uh, especially with Star Trek. 
uh, the original Star Trek came out in 1966. It only ran for three seasons. Uh, and it's definitely, you know, whether I personally grew up with Picard in the 90s. The new gen- the next generation was mine. Um, and I think that you have a different Star Trek that you watched that you were a fan of. Yeah, but it's not that I grew up with it. It yeah. was just something that I just, I wanted to watch on my own, so. But Star Trek is definitely influential. Um, and with, so I was talking to my dad earlier about Star Trek. And my dad, who I didn't think was that into Star Trek, had a lot to say about it. <laughs> and... You know, we, we talked about how Star Trek has, has influenced our technology, but it also has influenced the way we see, you know, our, our environment, our social environment. Um, it was, and, you know, he was telling me about this, uh, and I did fact check him, um, but Star Trek was one of the first times that we saw on TV people from different cultures working together. So you have um, Ahura, you have um, Kirk, you have Scotty, you know, all these different people. Spock. Yeah, Spock. So you, you not only have humans, you also have aliens, and the humans are different races. And they're all working together. And you also, of course, get the infamous... Um, or famous, rather. It's not really a bad thing, for sure. The first kiss, you know, first interracial kiss between Kirk and Uhura. And my dad, who, of course, I have to mention, is a big fan, apparently, of Uhura's legs. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, that woman has amazing legs. I was like, all right, Dad. (laughs) But he was the one who um, told me that... She originally was not going to take that role. And it took Martin Luther King Jr. to say, look, you have this opportunity to take on this role of a a communications officer on a national show as a person of color, a woman of color. You have this amazing opportunity. So you are not only a woman of color who is in a position of power. So these people on this, you know, fictional ship go to you when they need to communicate with someone of a different species. This is a powerful role. And so that's why she took it. And I think that a lot of people don't correlate Martin Luther King Jr. with Star Wars, but he was actually... I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness! I know someone's gonna catch me for that. Um, but with Star Trek, but he obviously influenced that, and that had um, also had an effect on other people seeing the way different cultures work together. So, what's your take on that? On Star Trek? On science fiction influencing society well when you think about science fiction as a whole it's we were just talking star trek and that is definitely a utopia mm-hmm. i mean they've evolved past the need for currency mm-hmm. within the federation and everyone works together you know there's no 
I mean, at least if there is kind of some kind of racism or whatever, speciesism, or, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really come through um, because they've kind of evolved past all that stuff. And I think that's a definite utopian society. But I think that that is about maybe 3% of all science fiction is utopian societies. Mm-hmm. Perfect, like these idyllic thing ways of life. But by and large, we're looking at destruction and the hunger games and we're looking at you know awful dystopias where it's like you know it's a dystopian society where i guess poverty is huge the rich are mega rich and the poor are extremely poor Mm -hmm. and again that's kind of i think that came out in the 80s which i would say was cyberpunk Mm -hmm. came out in the 80s which is definitely a corporations rule everything and the poor just get stomped on. And even nowadays, when you look at it, the world has changed, but the and the technology has changed, but mm-hmm. the idea is still the same. All of these big companies and corporations run everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no secret. Uh, yeah. Back then, that was an idea that was like, hey, look at all this stuff that's happening around you. And it's been that way since the Industrial Revolution. So... You look at it now, and it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, all these tech companies, oil, big pharma, all that stuff. Not to get all political, but, you know, they that literally is how the world runs, yeah. is, is with these cyberpunk kind of ideas of all these big companies are the ones that actually run everything. Mm-hmm. And it's always the, the guys in the bottom that are struggling to try to find a way in the world and using any kind of technology available to try to climb up and fight back and they call that like i think it's like hacktivists mm-hmm. you know like the you using technology to try to bring down these big corporations for the people mm-hmm. you know and it, i i think that sci-fi in general has a lot of that not it doesn't have to be cyberpunk it sci-fi in general has a lot of that there's not a lot of there's always some evil corporation or something that's running thing i mean aliens is a perfect mm-hmm. example the alien universe um which the first movie, in my opinion, is definitely horror. The second movie is absolutely action. But they both fall under the under the banner of sci-fi. But that has a company, the Wayland yutani Corp. They're an absolute evil company. And they're, everyone's um, expendable. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll stomp over all over everybody just to get what they want, which is their bioweapons division in the aliens universe for all i know they do a million of other things but we don't know that because they're we're, they're all obsessed about you know getting this alien life form in the alien movies but mm-hmm. you know they do all kinds of other stuff too but i think that that has nothing to do with cyberpunk but that's still the same situation i mean in aliens they had a colony out there that was basically trying to find resources for the company to to take from the planets and that's what they were doing. They're that's they're a mining company, whatever. They're it's sci-fi has always told us that large corporations are bad. By and large. I mean, besides Star Trek, which is a federation of planets and species and worlds, it's this utopian society. Mm-hmm. But sci-fi has always, in my mind, showed us that technology is kind of bad. Like we end up using that for we never use it for good. I mean, yeah. it is good. It's for the good of the people, but by and large, it's always like used for like selfish means or, or financial gains. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. 
except for like you said earlier life on other planets and stuff and that's kind of like the exploration part of it yeah which is another type of sci-fi that's really cool mm-hmm. absolutely um i think that yeah i don't i lost my thought too <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi is so huge and vast that we start thinking of all these things and and, and we just like lose our train of thought because when you think of sci-fi being it's so it's so huge it could be yeah. anything there's a lot of tv shows there's books yes there's tons of like different mediums that sci-fi exists that you just start thinking about all this other stuff and then you like lose what you're originally thinking of i mean even the the list of books that i wrote down you know didn't encompass nearly any of it you know it was mm-hmm. such a blip because if you think about it you even i you know i know we're going we have some fans of lovecraft uh, that listen, and so that's a whole other episode in, in into itself. You know, there's that's a whole other universe. Yeah. But it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi horror. Definitely. Um. It's... But you also have you can also go into H.G. Wells with mm-hmm. the Time Machine. One of um, my favorites when I was a kid. Then. Oh yeah, definitely a good one. Um. You have Dune, which is a huge series. It definitely has a cult following. Uh, do I think that that one is gonna, you know, ever gonna happen? No, <laughs> I'm sure that the spice will not flow anytime soon. Although I am looking forward to the upcoming movie. Yeah, the movie <laughs> looks bomb. I'll tell you that much. Um, you also have Ender's Game, uh, which no matter how you feel about the author, the book is the the story in general, the whole series, is a wonderful commentary. Um, and do I think that that's ever a possibility? Not really. I mean, I technically, I, I kind of feel like it could be because... Yeah, maybe I'll, not literally. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I do feel like maybe the military could be shifting towards kind of a drone warfare type of thing where all these kids are really are, are getting groomed by like call of duty and stuff to yeah. to power all this stuff not saying that oh man call of duty is like a military <laughs> sim for kids and they're all going to be warriors in the future no but like it, it just seems very plausible now i mean if you take a look at it there was nothing like that when ender's game came out yeah and and even though that's not happening now the thought is still there you know, all these kids playing Fortnite. Yeah, it's fun mm-hmm. and games and stuff. But even that movie uh, with Robin Williams, Toys, uh-huh. that came out in the early 90s with LL Cool J and stuff. The whole yes. plot of that was kids were playing video games thinking that they were video games. But they were actually piloting drones and, and ships that were, like, attacking stuff. Yeah. So what they were seeing on the thing was a game. But in real life, they were attacking real stuff. I have to go back to Ender's Game. Um, when I was reading the actual series... There was a thing that really stuck out in my mind that was one of those ideas where, oh, this is sci-fi, but now it's actually, we, we use this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this whole idea that um, there was this political uprising that basically started on message boards. And, you know, message boards in and of themselves aren't really that popular anymore, but we have Facebook, which is basically like a big message board. Yeah, it's like a dynamic message board. Exactly. You have groups and things like that. And we're definitely not going to try and get political here. But you see that happening in lots of different ways. Um, You know, you have groups that come together by forming ideas, and it just takes reading other people's opinions sometimes. Um, and that to me is something that stuck out a lot from the Ender's Game books 
that was a piece of technology that I was like, huh, that's legit. Um, the whole idea of him, uh, you know, of Ender, like, traveling and being sort of a, um, um, I don't know, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's like a peacemaker. Um. An ambassador? Yes. Yes. To other <laughs> species. Um, I, I think that's a little far-fetched. Uh, but, the, you know, even in Fahrenheit 451 from Ray ba- Bradbury, you know, I don't think that we're going to be burning books again anytime soon, but it was certainly a, an idea of the past. Um, but I remember there were, th- that was a dystopian future. Cancel culture. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember watching the movie in, in class after we read the books. That was always the reward for reading, going through the book in class is that we got to watch the movie. Um, and I remember in the, in the 70s, you know, there's this idea that you could have a whole wall that's just a TV. And that's a reality, you know? And I don't think that books will ever be replaced, even if we have Kindles and things like that. You're always going to have people who want stories. I think that's just part of human nature at this point. Yeah, written word, whether it's on paper or on an ebook, it's, mm-hmm. you're going to always read other people's thoughts. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. So, um, I don't know where we're going with that, but... <laughs> it's sci-fi. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that's sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that there's any science fiction that hasn't really aged well? Yep, a lot. Like A what? lot of science fiction. Uh, my favorite genre, cyberpunk. Yeah. Because, so, cyberpunk to me, I still live in this bubble, like, in the 80s and early 90s, where... Cyberpunk still, to me, is cybernetic implants where, you know, they jack into their brain. Johnny Mnemonic is, like, a perfect (laughs) cyberpunk movie because he's got, like, memory modules in his head that he, like, plugs into a computer Mm -hmm. and downloads information. And cyberpunk, to me, has always been this, like, cloak and dagger type of, you know, download secret documents and you've got all this, like, secret data in your head or on a a data card or something that everyone's trying to get at you for and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so... um, when you look at cyberpunk stuff from the 80s and in the early 90s it's always been like you know they have like these keyboards that they carry around and (laughs) they've got like these um i guess computer terminals like even in alleyways and stuff that they would like plug into and they're hacking stuff and you're just like wow this is like so cool and and the cyberpunk world is just this insanely techie future where it's just like anything's possible you look at blade runner and you're like, wow, look at all this, like, cyberpunk stuff. This is so cool. Yeah. But then you kind of fast forward to 2021, and I've got here a phone that does everything that cyberpunk stuff could do, plus yeah. more. And you're totally connected to the entire world. And I think when you look back at that, kids, you know, this generation, like, this new generation, the generation after ours, mm-hmm. they're all going to look at it and kind of laugh at it and be like, oh, this is stupid because... Why would he do that when he's got a phone or, you know, the technology we have these days is so far advanced to what it was back then. Everyone's like 56K modems was like the shit, you know, it's like I'm dialing in, you know, but now (laughs) it's like everything's Wi-Fi now and everything is using different wireless protocols that it's kind of is obsolete. But I refuse to like 
to give up cyberpunk i i like to live in that bubble and i, I think that people that do cyberpunk stuff nowadays mm-hmm. have also decided to kind of stay in that bubble because things are different now and like the times have changed and cyberpunk is entirely political mm-hmm. there's no way around it you can't do cyberpunk and say well we can't get political with it because that's all cyberpunk is it's yeah. all political and it's always going to be that way and and the ideas are always going to be there so that's great and that's never going to change that's never going to get obsolete because there's always going to be the little man fighting the big guy and that's mm-hmm. that's what cyberpunk is at its core but the technology used in it is very very outdated mm-hmm. i mean you look at 1999's the matrix mm-hmm. which was cutting edge at the time and the ideas were insane you know like you are you are this you're actually in a computer simulator simulation you know and it's like that's your world that you know you don't really know the real world and so that was a cool concept but when you look at stuff now and we did an episode on world of warcraft and stuff like that you do can't you can live in a virtual environment yeah it's not your life per se but there are worlds that do exist in the computer world that you can run around in and stuff and and make money and you can actually make money in World of Warcraft, people. That's a possibility. Real money. But, I mean, that is just something that was that was completely unheard of back then. It wasn't even a, a blip on the possibility yeah. back in 99. And, of course, we can't transfer our consciousness, our consciousness into computers yet that we know of. But maybe you can. I don't that, know. That whole idea. So, I'm going to show my age. I'm definitely a millennial who has hopped on the TikTok train. (laughs) And so last night I couldn't sleep and I was up, of course, late at night. And this thing that's been around for a little while um, called Glitch Talk. So it's TikTok videos where it shows supposed glitches in our matrix that we are living in a simulated reality (laughs) and so there's planes that are supposedly stuck in midair fish that aren't you know that are stuck in time that aren't you know swimming and stuff like that you You know know what you showed me that and i was like half awake and i i I, now that you (laughs) now that you told me that i do remember that because i was like Oh, yeah, I don't know, babe. I, know. I just, like, rolled back over and went to sleep. But then now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, that is weird. So I thought about that particular video, and I don't know if it was actual fish or not. Yeah. So I'm just going to, you know. Anyway, the the whole idea that, you know, you could have supposed video evidence. Um, but we also, that's been a concept for a long time, you know, where we have... Um, people who have edited videos to make it look like Star Wars is actually happening in our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where you've got at-ats in the, in the background <laughs> or UFOs that are, you know, crash landing. So it's so easy to manipulate um, a video at this point. But it, I think it comes from this, this idea that maybe a source of hope, you know, this this idea that, oh, I wish that were real. Let's yeah. make it real. Let's make it look real. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, of course, I'm sure that there are some people who believe that that's real. Uh, but that's that's definitely... I mean, you believe it's real. I don't know if I believe it or not. It was definitely <laughs> freaked me out the first time I saw one of those videos. I was like, oh, wow. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe this. Like, if I really think about this, they probably edited that video. They probably did. But when you think... <laughs> When you think about it, though, it's kind of crazy to think that in this day and age that we're like, oh, it's fake. Yeah. But 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if we saw something like that on on TV, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, 
I'm seeing it with my own eyes. This is reality. You know, we I... We had no concept of, like, video editing. Like, oh, you can change that? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and, and I think that that even goes back to the whole world, War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Like, I would have been pissed <laughs> if they knew that that was faked. <laughs> but at the time, people genuinely believed that we were being invaded by aliens. Like, how how ridiculous does that sound now? Yeah. You know, it would be so much more difficult, we think, to fake that. I mean, you could do a live broadcast video of the entire thing, and they could still make that entire thing up. Yeah. With the technology we have these days, we could we could do a whole live broadcast with a regular phone, even, to uh-huh. make it look like, oh, it's just regular, you know, broadcast, like, that you can't edit that. Yeah. You know, because back then, like... For instance, there was a, an alien ab- abduction video uh-huh. called the McPherson tape. And this was in the 90s, I think. I remember seeing it a long time ago. And it was kind of creeped me out. It was on, like, Fox or something like that, like, on, on like, a Friday night or something. Mm-hmm. And it was about these people who had a, a video camera that were filming, like, an alien abduction. And, like, the aliens came down. They found them, like, in the backyard, like, mm-hmm. in the woods, like, cutting up a cow or something. And they're like, oh... And then they shine, like, this laser at them, and then they, like, one guy started screaming like it hurt him, and they all ran off. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, pretty soon things were happening in the house where, like, a ball of light came in, and it was, like, bouncing off the walls, and it, like, hit someone, and mm-hmm. they, like, ended up fainting or whatever, getting killed or something. And then all these, like, things were happening on, on in this video, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all being done, like, on this on this camcorder. I don't know if it was, like, a small handheld or if it was one of those big giant ones. But they had these experts, experts, you know, they come in and they're like, oh, this kind of like manipulation can't happen on this type of film. Like we can't do that. So being young and I I was probably a teenager at the time. Yeah, I think I was a teen at the time. Even Uh then I was like still believing it. I was like, holy cow, like the experts (laughs) said that that can't be faked. So I was like, this thing's so real. But then when you go back and look at it now, which I'm sure we can go on YouTube and look up the McPherson tape. Yeah. And you watch it now, you just be like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. This is like totally <laughs> fake. But at, the, but at the time, it was like, oh my God, this thing's terrifying because it's scary, you know, but... Maybe we can uh, put it in our Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, see maybe. See what other people think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously fake. I mean, when you look at it, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty fake. But they, they doctored it all up, kind of like the Blair Witch Project, where mm-hmm. it's like, this family was never heard from again, and like all that. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow, it's so creepy. <laughs> but they had video manipulation on that, even back then. But it wasn't commonplace like it is today. Mm-hmm. There was no stopped fish or anything like that, like back then. You know, and if they did, everyone would believe it. Yeah. But as time goes on, people become more skeptical because there's so much of it now. There's so much fake stuff, especially on TikTok. You look at there and you're like, what is that? <laughs> and even even like when they people are even trying to get political with it, you know, like conspiracy theories. Oh, uh-huh. the video was manipulated. You know, even people were saying that for like 9-11 and stuff yeah. like, oh, that wasn't real. Like they manipulated the oh. video. And it's just so wild because. Yeah. People just don't believe their eyes anymore. And, yeah. uh, and a lot of it is just because it's so easy to fake things. Exactly. So is there a science fiction world? I, I feel like I already know the answer to this. We've had this discussion But you didn't before. answer the question either. Oh. What, what science fiction do you think was become obsolete or whatever? Okay. Um, I think that our idea of aliens has evolved greatly. So I can't pinpoint one specific... Um, you know, point of reference for something that hasn't aged well, 
But our idea of what aliens are or could be uh, has evolved greatly from, you know, little green men on Mars <laughs> to, you know, now we have Star Trek, you know, where you're, you know, we're working with aliens and even into what kind of, you know, how aliens would approach us. You know, there's lots of different hypotheses about, you know, would they be friendly? Would they be aggressive? Um, there's lots of different examples for that. So I think that that's something that has evolved. And I wonder sometimes if that's just a an echo of how we see each other in humanity. You okay. Know? Um, if we see someone who doesn't look like us, how would we treat them? And how would someone treat us? So I think that that's just a, a reflection, I think, on our, our own, um, the way we deal with each other. Kind of like that meme. Which one? We're afraid of aliens because we think they're going to treat us the way we treat animals. Yes. Or other people. Yeah, or other people. <laughs> Definitely. So that, 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 that would be my example. Okay, that works. <laughs> Um, is there is there a science fiction universe that you would love to see be a be reality, or what would you like to live in? Would you want to be living in a cyberpunk universe? Um, on one hand, yeah, but on the other hand, there's really a flop. It's like a, it seems like something that I would love but at the same time I don't want to live in that situation where I'm like in a slum like living in a ratty like apartment always watching my back because there's people coming after me yeah trying to shut me down or whatever and even if even if you're not involved with the whole like activism stuff Mm -hmm. you're still living in the terrible conditions and you're just kind of like waiting for someone else to like help you yeah you know and I don't think that I would want to do that i think everyone would probably rather live in the star trek universe yes because the utopia yeah because everyone wants to be happy but there's just going to be that's the thing is human humans are greedy mm-hmm. and if you're living in the in the star trek universe there all of that is gone like there is no need for i guess was i think gene roddenberry said that there's like no need for possessions there's no need for like money mm-hmm. there's no need for anything like you want nothing like, you just live your life. You know, people just do things for the benefit of society. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, even though that show takes place, like, hundreds of years in the future, there's no way that human beings would be in that on that level. I don't think so There's either. just no changing the, the human whatever. But I'm getting way off track. Where <laughs> would I want to live? I'd probably want to live in the aliens universe. Yeah. And then I'd be a colonial marine going out there and going bug hunts, shooting aliens and stuff. No, I, I wouldn't want that either. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly don't know because there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of cool universes that you think would be fun to live in. But the reality yeah. of it is that most sci-fi universes suck. Yeah. And you wouldn't want to be in any of that stuff. Like you look at Starship Troopers. Yeah. The movie, not the book. Because the book is completely different than the movie. But if you look at the movie, you're like, oh, man, that'd be so cool living in that that time. But no, because... Your, the, your whole world is being run by the military, number yeah. one. So, you know, you're like forced to be a mili- be in the military just to have certain rights who wants that you know yeah. so it's really hard to even i would have to say jetsons then because oh, everyone yeah. seems pretty happy in the jetsons that's true you know everyone has like it's kind of like life nowadays yeah but 
living in weird like see-through homes and stuff <laughs> like that but i think that people are generally happy i don't think anyone's like generally like living in a horrible place in the jetsons yeah. at least so, not that we know of. not that we know of so i think i would have to pick pick that oh nice the jetsons very nice how about you i would love to be in the doctor who universe <laughs> I want to be a doctor's companion. I was going to say, technically you live in the Doctor Who universe now. I mean, yeah, I guess so. You just don't know about the adventures that are going on. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So I want to be, be a companion. You want to be in the adventures. Yes, I do. I want to I want to be on the TARDIS. I want to go see the universe. I want to time travel. I want to do all of that. That that would be the universe for me. Well, that seems pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of adventure and stuff there. Absolutely. I mean, I could say the Star Wars universe, too, but there's all kinds of conflict. And it's almost oh, like yeah. the Wild West where people are just, like, shooting each other for no reason. Never know when your planet's going to get blown up. Yeah. <laughs> One day I wake up and things are great, and all of a sudden someone's proving a point. Blows me to smithereens. <laughs> I, I want some random uh, person, some some guy that... You know, looks like a cantankerous old man. You just run up to me and go, run! And that's how, you know, the reboot of Doctor Who started. And now, you know, Rose had her own version of the Doctor. I want all that. That's just, I don't know. She went on some awesome adventures and got to see (laughs) a lot of crazy things. She even, you know, um, at some point had the power of the TARDIS. I want want that. I want the whimsical sci-fi universe. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Mine's a, a, a cop out. I think the Jetsons. Yeah, just, that doesn't I, I sound just, like I you. I just want to live in that. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the uh, the cyberpunk world then, yeah, because I think that I you. would definitely like want to be involved in connecting machines up and trying to take people out just by using computers. I yes. think that would be that'd be pretty fun, actually. I mean, yeah, you gotta take the bad with the good, I guess. Yeah. You know? So with the Jetsons universe, there's like no risk, no reward. You yeah. just live a really mundane life. And yeah, yeah, that's boring. Why would I want to do that? Yeah, let's go cyberpunk. <laughs> that sounds more like you for sure. <laughs> or, the, or, or you know what? I want to live in the Jurassic Park universe where dinosaurs exist. Yes. You know, I, I mean, I want to live. I want to live here, away from the dinosaurs. But <laughs> I want to know. I want to see on TV and be like, "Holy crap! They 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 uncovered a new species of dinosaur. They just cloned another one. Look at that. That's so cool. That would be fun." Or I could live uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy world, travel to the dies? end of the universe. No, not everybody dies. Um, I thought and- they blew up the Earth in that. Well, yeah, they do, but, like, <laughs> Arthur Dent doesn't blow up. And, oh, so and you'd be the last human? Well, That's the world you want to live they in? They eventually rebuild the world and restart it, and then they have other <laughs> adventures. But to um, deal with the high, um, hyper-probability drive, it's just, I don't know, I'm going to see whales drop out of the sky <laughs> with a bowl of petunias. I want that world, too. <laughs> <laughs> Very whimsical. <laughs> So, do you believe in alien life? Well, I mean, they found bacteria already in space, so that's already alien life. So yeah, technically. Say, yeah, technically. So, yes, I do believe in alien life. <laughs> it's, obvious. it's been scientifically proven already, so... Do you think there is sentient life out there? I mean, it's the vastness. They say it's infinite, right? Yeah. From well... One- 
Depending on who you talk to, they but yeah. They claim the space is so huge, though. Yeah. I mean, our instruments that we have are barely, you know, they touch like a point zero to the tenth power percent, point one percent of yeah. like the entire universe, and we can look at that like point zero 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 one percent of the universe and say definitively without a doubt that we're the only ones here yeah it just doesn't seem it seems very arrogant Mm -hmm. i mean maybe there are maybe there's like a world that's just like ours out there but we have no idea because it could be on the ass end of space yeah someplace we're never gonna see and just because that we don't see it doesn't mean it's not out there yeah so i mean maybe there's millions of different races of aliens out there just like on star trek but we'd have no idea because in our lifetime, and our children, and their children, and their children, and so forth, for the next, like, 10, 20 generations, no one will ever know unless somebody comes to the Earth. Which people say they have, but I honestly don't see anything coming here on this side of the galaxy where there's kind of nothing to be like, oh, there's this one planet here that's got life, let's take a look at it. But then, I don't know. So I would have to say that, not definitively, but I do believe that there's the possibility of other stuff out there because... It's just too vast. It's too huge to say that this tiny little speck of this massive cosmos mm-hmm. is where sentient life is. These humans, you know, these people, they're the only ones in the entire entire universe, galaxies, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones. I just don't believe that that's, that's right. I mean, maybe there's pocket universes where all we, we have a bunch of mirror universes where maybe I exist on the other side of the universe somewhere. Mm-hmm in a different world in a different life but it's completely like it's the same like when we're talking like different i guess parallel universes but exists within the same space mm-hmm. i don't know getting like crazy into like physics and stuff now but i yeah. think that maybe that's possible i have no idea i i, I really do think that again i can't stress this enough the <laughs> tiny 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 speck of the entire universe where the where it it just doesn't the, I, I think intelligent people would look at that and say the possibility of that is just not right. Yeah. There has to be more out there because if this is it, this one earth that we could travel, we could technically in our lifetime, we could see everything this world has to offer by traveling around this world. And if that's all we did was travel and experience things, yeah, we would experience everything this world has to offer. And technically everything that this entire universe has to offer mm-hmm. just by riding around in this one planet and i don't believe that i don't believe that i've got like a crazy tangent crazy high horse crazy box that i'm standing on but yes there's aliens out there somewhere there has to be i agree with you i think the the probability that there is is sentient life elsewhere in the universe is is just there has to be you know and who knows what they look like, what they, you know, sound like. They what, could how be they less live. advanced than us. They could be. They could be more advanced. We we don't know. Um, but that kind of leads into my next question is, you know, do you think that aliens have visited us? I don't think so. I honestly don't think so simply because it's a tiny speck in the entire universe. So. Yeah. I doubt that anybody's going to come out of their way to, like, look at all these planets and say, that one, let's go check that one out. You know, and I mean, a lot of people claim to see UFOs and stuff, but really, where were all these people seeing them before? Yeah. Like, before a certain time. And to me, that's a little fishy. Like, there would have to be some kind of, like, 
I guess, reference or records or anything like that uh-huh. from before where it's like, oh, back in like 1885, like this ranch or whatever experienced weird stuff. And you don't hear that. No. And, and people would argue that maybe they didn't write down stuff like that. But no, they definitely would. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you, you're you telling me that when the whole Roswell thing hit and people started reading science fiction books uh-huh. and they're, that kind of, I think, science fiction on itself mm-hmm. influenced generations of people to believe in ufos and aliens and stuff and say oh there's aliens around here and people are gonna like you know you talk to anybody on the reservation and they'll argue with you to death (laughs) and defend it with their lives that aliens are there and that they have seen aliens and crafts and everything and you know i i don't know i but personally i just i i just think that we're not interesting enough for anybody to even come look at (laughs) I yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure that we are going to have a lot of response on that particular topic. Um, you know whether it's a fear, so you know um, whether you you have a deathly fear like April, you know, of alien life, or whether you just have a passing interest. But either way, everybody seems to have an opinion on whether or not aliens have visited the you know Earth. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. I don't think it's happened. Um, I wanted to. I know. Let, let me go and go on record and say I wish. I just don't feel that the evidence is there. And I'll look at evidence all day and everything to see. And I'll I even like am wishing that it would happen. You know, like and I'm you know I might be far off in tonight and we might get abducted or something. And they'll be like, okay, yeah. well now do you fucking believe us? You know, and so. <laughs> But I just don't know, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I want to say that no, but then there's also a side of me that loves sci-fi and aliens and stuff that wants to believe. I'm like the X-Files. I want to believe <laughs> that this stuff happens. And, and you know, I'm going to change my answer and say probably, maybe. Maybe? Maybe really? we have. Maybe we have. Maybe the whole Roswell, because there's no denying that when they had the whole Roswell thing, right? They claim that they reverse engineered a lot of stuff, and really, that is when like the technology boom happened. Like all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, you've got leaps and bounds and like technological discoveries. I'm definitely on the other end of the spectrum then, because I do not believe for a second that alien life has visited us. Um, I I want to believe that humans are perfectly capable. Of figuring things out on their own. But you saw but, an alien in our apartment one night. <laughs> I don't know what I saw. Okay, that was a weird thing. I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I look into the living room and I felt like I saw... like. It, but the thing is, okay... It, it was an alien, ladies and gentlemen. It looked like the stereotypical tall gray figure with the big head, the big black eyes. I don't know. But either way, like, I didn't, it didn't scare me. I am scared of the dark. I am scared of seeing things in my apartment. And I, whatever I saw, I saw it really quickly. And I went about my business, went to the bathroom, went back to bed, didn't flinch. Like, I didn't even think, oh, wow. You know, no, no reaction whatsoever. So I don't know what that was. Because they used their (laughs) alien calming ray on you. That's why. (laughs) If you look at all these alien abductions and alien happenings, no one is ever terrified of what they see. It's always like, I saw this alien in my house, and I was like, what the hell is that? Like, 
No one's ever like, I was paralyzed in fear. It was always like, <laughs> what is that? Who are you? Like, where do you come from? It's always people asking these questions to themselves. Yeah. And never anybody who's like, I was so scared I couldn't move. It's always like a very, what was that? I don't understand. Okay. So, you know what? You saw a freaking alien in our apartment. Maybe because, okay, so we do live in Arizona. <laughs> And I have never, like, experienced some of the things that we have experienced here. And Arizona is supposed to be a hot spot, especially near Superstition um, Mountain. So, okay, so Christmas for last year, 2020, we, for, like, a, a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks at most, we would hear this banging at night. It sounded just like gunshots. Um, and I was like, okay, well maybe it's fireworks. You know, you said, oh, it's fireworks. And I'm like, no, that sounds like gunshots. Yeah. And it would be like once and then, you know, so like the first time it was maybe once. And then the next time we heard it, it was a couple of times, but it wasn't at regular intervals. It wasn't back to back. It was like maybe one now and then another one two hours from now. So then it all sort of, like, started to exponentially grow uh, in frequency. And then on Christmas Eve, it was loud and frequent. And we saw things in the parking lot. I don't know what we saw, but we saw flashes of light in the parking lot with these huge bangs. And it sounded just like someone was on top of our roof. We are on the top floor of our apartment <laughs> building. There should be no one on our roof. <clears throat> but we saw them in the parking lot, in the courtyard. We to saw be clear, things. we did not see anybody on the roof. No, we didn't. Because but it she's talking like about it. things on the roof and then she's saying we saw things. But what, what she's talking about is the flashes. Yeah. And there were flashes that we couldn't explain. And in, I was worried about looking out the window and getting shot. So Because I, to- I thought there were gunshots after... Ashley was really, you know, getting paranoid about gunfire, so... It was frequent enough that I was nervous. I told her to turn off all the lights so I can look out the window, because I didn't want to look out the window <laughs> and have somebody see me out there and then shoot me or something, yeah. you know? So I was like, just in case, if they're just randomly shooting, I don't want to be a target. So yeah. we turned off everything. Ashley decided to call the police. I did, actually. I was that nervous. And I sat in here in the in the living room and opened up the front window uh-huh. and looked out safely in the dark because i knew they couldn't see me because we every apartment has an outside light Uh right by the door so even if they look in all they're going to see is black window yeah because everything's turned off in here so i looked out there and i couldn't see anything and all of a sudden boom yeah and it flat there was a flash in the in the courtyard Mm -hmm. and i was like what the hell it was like a flashbang and i was like this is what is that and that's when she was on the phone with the police and it sounded like people were walking around upstairs, like, on our roof. And I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And I was looking to see if maybe somebody was on the roof, you know, on the other apartments. But I couldn't see. Yeah. Because it was dark. And I know you're all thinking, what does this have to do with anything? But we found a, a news article. Uh, a video. Yeah, a, a video a news article that was from our local news chan- channel, mm-hmm. um, Phoenix News Channel. And... They talked about these bangs, and they showed a video of it, and the bang, the flash was, like, way up in the clouds. And I was like, what the hell? Like, seriously, it was that high? Because we couldn't see, like, where it started. We just saw the flash. And so other people had been experiencing the same thing we had experienced, and it was 
everywhere from Tucson all the way to California uh, where people were experiencing the same thing. So whether or not that was aliens or not, it was definitely weird and sort of goes along with the theory that maybe aliens have visited us. Um, but back to my original point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't believe that aliens have visited still. I still don't believe it. Because... Even though she saw with her own eyes <laughs> in our apartment, not on video, but with her own eyes, an alien standing around in our living room. Possibly. She still doesn't believe Possibly. it. Uh, but uh, with, with technology, you know, you get a lot of shaky videos of things in the sky, <laughs> lights in the sky, and that's about it. Um, but you would think that with the rise of technology, you would see more of that kind of thing. You would see better pictures, you know, that kind of, or more documentation of alien life visiting us. But also, why would they? Why would they come visit us? What is there for, you know, are they, would they study us? And, I mean, is this, would would Earth sort of be a lesson in what not to do? <laughs> well, I mean, think about Earth. Like, what happened if we were interstellar travelers? Like, yeah. if we found life on Earth, do you think we're just going to cruise right by and be like, oh, there's life oh, on that no. planet? We would be like an alien, or we would be like with Star Trek. We would absolutely go visit. I mean, we're already visiting So who's visiting to say that, that they're not doing the same thing here, then? That's true. Okay. Maybe they're like, oh, this <laughs> we're the equivalent of bacteria. <laughs> or, Maybe we aren't the evolved I mean, uh, how, how do you know that, though? What if, what if they naturally have the ability to, like, travel, uh-huh. but their civilization isn't as advanced as we are? Just because they can travel like that doesn't... That just means they have a technology that we don't have, but that doesn't mean that they've evolved as a civilization. Hmm. I don't know. Because they walk around naked. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, our aliens almost never um, had cl- have clothes on. Yeah. You know? or But, you know, then you've got stuff like Predator, where they've got full-on armor. <laughs> so, well, I don't see, know. We it's, don't it's, think it's... that Predator's real, though. We're talking about actual <laughs> aliens, not Predators. <laughs> <laughs> but we never uh, I think uh, there was a comedy alien movie called Paul where they did put him in clothes at some point but it he didn't start out that way you know E.T. doesn't have clothes on yeah what is this <laughs> why are we wearing are we the only species that wears clothes yeah should we not be wearing clothes as a society or, or have we not evolved enough that we have to just wear clothes still <laughs> We're still animalistic. We're still, you know, we got to cover up all those parts. I know. Every other animal doesn't wear clothes. We're the only ones. That and chihuahuas. (laughs) Uh, So let's get into robots. Do you think that robots will ever evolve enough to um, be self-sufficient and be able to have emotions do you think we're gonna end up with skynet or do you think we're gonna end up with a wally situation man that's i don't know because we've been talking ai now for about 20 30 years now Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure where we are that um where we are with that as far as tech technologically like real world technology Uh uh-huh but yeah i do I, i do think it's a possibility i mean really our when you think about human beings and stuff we 
emotions really is just an if and like command line yeah you know if this i feel this if that i don't you know and that's easily programmed into a robot yeah to see i mean you think about i don't know i i I think that before i lose this thought because of the crazy sci-fi-ness we watched a movie last night called uh, monsters of men and it was about these ai robots Mm -hmm. and one of them asked a really good question like it was asking what what the purpose of life is why is life precious and it kept asking that it didn't keep asking that it it was a scene where it it asked that several times to the main guy you know what why is life precious and the guy was just like because this is a boy he's a little boy he has lots to live lots of ways to you know lots of time to live still he hasn't lived his life that's why his life is precious and he's like, oh, okay. And he, like, scans his, like, scans the guy's tattoo. And uh-huh. was like, you're a soldier. You killed men. And he's like, yes. He's like, life is not precious. And then he was like, mm, yeah, but I'm just a soldier like you are. You're a soldier just like me. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's like, so life is not precious. And he's like, life is precious. Mm-hmm. And then the robot is like, what makes me different than you? And then he's just like, because you were created. And then the robot's like, you were created by people. Yeah. I was created by people. What makes us different? And that is like, that blew my mind at yeah. how deep it was. I was like, dude, that's a good question. A robot questioning his own existence, mm-hmm. recognizing that man built the robot, but man also creates the man. Yeah. Just because they're organic people does not mean that they still don't technically teach a man or program a man to do what he does. Mm-hmm. That's all what training and nurturing and all that has to do with the human. So. When you're asking me, do I think that that's a possibility? Absolutely. I think that AI is absolutely capable of self-learning. If you if you program an AI uh-huh. to continually learn, it's going to ask questions, find the answers to those questions, and apply that to future. It's just going to store that, and it's never yeah. going to forget it. But the way the thing that makes uh, AI different than human brains is that human brains try to think of variables. So mm-hmm. it's not such like like life is precious. Why is life precious? Because this. The robot's going to think, oh, because that. But the human brain's going to say, but also because maybe art. Like art yeah. is, I love art. Like life is worth living because of art. The robot's going to say, why? And it's like, well, to me it is. Well, not to me because that, does, that doesn't compute. It's not logical. It's not logical. So... I guess it depends on the AI. I do think that a a robot is capable of feeling emotion Mm -hmm. because genetic coding for us, emotion really is just a variable in a, in a code, you know, puppy equals cute, cute equals happy, you know, bad things happen to puppy equals sad. Mm -hmm. I feel sad. I don't want to feel sad. I want to be happy. I will keep puppy safe. Yeah. That is all just a command line. And a robot can easily do that. But, you know, it having a robot have fear, and it's kind of funny because you go back to Johnny Five yeah. from Short Circuit, that robot did not want to die. Yeah. The entire movie was based on him saying, I don't want to be disassembled. And like, disassembled means die. I don't want to die. And that was the whole thing. Johnny Five is alive. You know, he had self-awareness. He didn't want to be shut down. Yeah. It's fear of death. The robot had fear. Yeah. Because the robot did not want to die. So do you think that emotions are what separates us from 
<clears throat> or what do you think separates humans from robots? Because humans bend the rules. So yeah. robots have very specific set of commands. So I can program a robot to say, you do all this, mm-hmm. you know, and then and I guess a very perfect example of this is Tron Legacy. Yeah. You know, Clue. Now, I, I'm, I'm talking about these movies as, as assuming that everybody's seen them. Yeah. But the, the plot of Tron Legacy was that Kevin Flynn built this basically utopian world Mm -hmm. in the computer world but he had a copy of himself called clue Mm -hmm. codified likeness utility and he would help him create the world so when he created clue he basically put the commands in saying i want you to build the perfect world Mm -hmm. like this perfect system has these parameters execute and clue's like okay great let's do this and so they did it Lo and behold, a variable was created where they had these imperfections come in, but they were these these uh, organisms that just came out of thin air. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just describing the plot of the movie just so you understand, uh, the listeners understand. So these things came into existence, and Clue, being the evil robot that he was, wiped them all out. He killed them because he's like, this isn't the system, you know, like you are a virus infecting my system. Kill them all. Yeah. Eliminate them. And in the in, in while in doing that, he also like started, you know, he wanted to fight his creator and everything because he's like he asked him a very specific question. He's like, Am I still responsible for creating the perfect system? He's like, Yeah. And then that triggered, okay, well then what I'm doing is right. So then he started fighting everything you know he wanted to take over the entire world and create the perfect system yeah so in the movie at the end you know he's like what are you doing like he finally the creator and the program finally face off in this final fight and it isn't much of a fight it's more of a you know a war of words Mm -hmm. and he's like you wanted me to create the perfect system Mm -hmm. and flynn is like well that's just it like you know i've been he's been trapped in this computer world for 30 years and he's just like there is no such thing as perfect. And mm-hmm. he's like, but you don't know that because I didn't know that when I created you. Yeah. And he's like, but now that I know that it's not perfect, like, you're stuck on that because you're programmed to do that. Like, it's not perfect. What you're doing is wrong, but you're, it's not your fault. You're not evil. To which the guy is just like, I don't understand. And he's like, I know you don't, you know, because you don't know. And that's the difference between humans and machines machines can learn sure but if you're programmed with a very specific set of commands and human beings evolve and and insert variables into their life where they're like for instance oh this chicken is good i'm gonna make this chicken the same way every single time Mm -hmm. but then somebody's like hey man have you tried this like asian spice on it it's like no why would i ever want to do that that's gonna ruin my chicken you try it once you're like oh this is good robot here is making chicken it's like no that's terrible because you introduced a variable that's not it's not in the ingredients list yeah that's what separates us from robots in my opinion dang wow that was a very thorough explanation (laughs) it was probably it was too (laughs) thorough i know it was too thorough but man i just i went on a roll there i was like you know what i'm gonna keep going yeah i mean there's really nothing to add to that (laughs) wow all right (laughs) Um, so, I, uh, I mean, we, right now we have robots that can stock shelves at Walmart. Yeah. Um, 
do you think that in our lifetime, at least, we'll ever see... Uh, I mean, I know that we robots have evolved a lot. We've put a lot of effort um, into creating AI. Um, so we have robots that we feel like can express emotions. We have animatronics. We have... Um, I know that... Um, there's a lot of robots that can sort of have a conversation with you. I mean, you could have a conversation with Alexa, technically. <laughs> no, well, I was just going to say, and I was going to interject there, that there are, you do interface with robots all the time, even yeah. though you don't know. What you're really interfacing with is a program. A computer. And, yeah, a computer. And even back in the day, you had chat bots that you would mm-hmm. talk to, and you'd say, hey, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, you could just say like, screw you. And then the robot would be like, that's not very nice because yeah. it's programmed to know that like, that's, that's bad. Not, yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's not nice. Don't talk to me like that. And you say, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. I forgive you. And yeah. then it was just like, there was a, there was a aim bot, you know, uh, well, aim bot means something totally different these days with like shooter games. But <laughs> back then there was an aim bot on AOL and some messenger that you could just if you, 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 I always put this name on my friends list because when it was always online, it was a chat bot, uh-huh. and you could just like talk to it, and you could just be like, "Hey, what's up?" and it'd be like, "Hey, how are you?" Like, "I'm okay. How are you?" And it would like carry on a long conversation with you, and even if you started getting when you started getting too specific, it would kind of start falling apart. Yeah. But for the most part, it would talk to you as a as another person. It was very, I guess, rudimentary programming at the time that it was just uh-huh. a chat bot. You know, it's like, if this, respond that. That's all it is. It was yeah. a C plus programming, I mean, I'm sure. But if you just take that basic concept, though, and then you, like, put that into an actual robot, like a animat- like animatronic or animated thing, uh-huh. it, absolutely you could have a, a cyber, like, being, I guess, a yeah. cybernetic, like, organism, kind of like Terminator. So one of the things that I love to watch on TikTok are these little videos of uh, vector robots, um, which I guess oh, yeah. I showed you. Yeah, you showed me a video of that. Um, so these little robots, apparently you can get them online. Uh, they're more expensive now, I guess, because they've grown in popularity because of TikTok. Uh, but they are little desk pets. But you can interact with them, and they can express emotions. Um, and then one girl that I follow, she's got a vector that she's painted up by, by, you know, like Wally. Um, and it can basically free range on her desk. It expresses emotions. It, you know, can express frustration, uh, happiness. Um, she's had it do paintings before. Um, so it can do all of these things on its own. Do you think that that will ever evolve into, you know, more than that? And I, I think that it will, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember watching or reading the Dark Tower series and they have robots that do all sorts of stuff like that. You know, where robots and organic matter combine. Um, and eventually it decays in that world. But there are other instances where, you know, organic... You know, a lot of science fiction has bionic people. Um, you've got Alita, Battle Angel. Yeah. So, I definitely think that at some point we'll integrate and maybe hopefully make humanity greater. Um, but I kind of hope that <laughs> robots don't ever replace us. <laughs> 
You know, I, I, I hope that they'll always need us. And I think that at this point, we will always need robots. Yeah. We've kind of code this codependency between the two. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do think that maybe, um, I think, I know that fast food industry is replacing a lot of people with robots. Uh-huh. I mean, everything now is like app based. You know, you don't, you hardly even need to talk to the people. All you mm-hmm. need to have the person do is just touch a button saying, cook your food. Yeah. Which I think even at that point, you know, we're going to evolve to a point where you order, if you go to McDonald's and you open your app and you order your food mm-hmm. and then you just go to a window where they whatever button they push they push create mm-hmm. and then there will be like a kitchen maybe a conveyor belt system or whatever that they make where these robots now are just going to whip out your food it's going to be perfect every time and they're just going to throw it in a box and it's going to come out of a chute and just right into your car right up to the window i think that in our lifetime we will definitely see probably fast food workers getting phased out completely yeah i know that's very cynical to say because i know a lot of people have careers in fast food but yeah. i really do think that with the whole like evil corporations like i was mm-hmm. saying they want to cut corners they want to save money they want to maximize the profit easiest way to do that is to get rid of the worker mm-hmm. get rid of the worker and get a machine that you have to pay like you have to pay something a high cost at the beginning kind of like solar power mm-hmm. and then as as time goes on that machine is going to make its money back like just by not having to pay the wages of the people and these restaurants can stay open 24/7 without ever having people in there i think science fiction um you know reflects a lot of us but i think you know it reflects <laughs> politics it reflects uh so social dynamics it also definitely reflects economic uh, culture as well. Uh, you know, like, do you think, I think it's a possibility that if we keep automating things at some point, you're going to have that dystopian future where the rich are really rich and the poor are really poor because people do rely on those jobs. So even though we, you know, have all this technology that's supposed to make life easier, people still need a purpose. You know, I think that there needs to be a balance between work life and life life. Um, I don't even think work life should be a term, <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that the dystopian future could be a possibility if we keep automating things. Exactly. Oh, well, I I think that that's I agree wholeheartedly, and I also think that if they do kind of a automation thing if they ever let ai or something get in the into the um stock market Mm -hmm. they're going to start analyzing every somebody somewhere sometime at some point is going to invent a program for wall street that is going to analyze their business and Mm -hmm. you know decide what the stock market's going to be you know what their projections are they're going to they're going to develop a projection this is going to be crazy if this ever happens but they're going to create a projection um, program that's going to say, okay, here's our financial outlook or whatever, mm-hmm. based on all our variables that we have. And that, if it's an AI learning program, it's going to end up doing that for everyone's thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to create these crazy projections because it doesn't know about the variables. Yeah. And it's going to end up screwing up the economy somehow. I mm-hmm. have a feeling that something like that is going to happen. There's going to be some weird AI thing. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything. (laughs) I'm just saying that it's inevitable that somebody is going to create something that is going to infiltrate a system, not not necessarily 
forcibly. Mm-hmm. It's not going to forcibly like screw everything up, but by a byproduct of what it's designed to do, yeah. kind of like the Tron Legacy thing I was saying, it's going to screw things up based on what it thinks is the right thing to do. There's always a human element that even humans will miss sometimes. So a, a program, especially now, can only do as much as you know we tell it to do. Um, a computer is a, you know, I've heard that a lot, and you know that computers are dumb, smart things. Yeah. Uh, it will only do as much as you teach it to do, tell it to do, um, and there's always. I think going to be a human element missing. Um, so, you know, you definitely bring up a good point. That's definitely not something I want to think too much about. <laughs> well, <laughs> computers, computers are are, in sci-fi computers um, and I guess AI, I would say more computers mm-hmm. generally screw things up a lot just based on what they're programmed to do. So if you think about how many times have you watched a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. where the navigation computer is like, oh, I changed the thing, the trajectory to a different rate because it's more efficient. Yeah. And because they did that, it like screwed everything all up. Like, oh man, now we're like off course by whatever. You didn't account for like asteroids or like solar winds or whatever, you know, yeah. and it like screws everything up where it puts the crew into these dire situations now because the computer was like, this is optimal. But... The captain already knew the optimal and took all those variables in the places yeah. like, oh, yeah, we can't do that. we got to keep our – this is going to take us like three extra months or whatever, but this is the safe way. Computer's like, this is not right. You know, yeah. like we can survive this. But the computer and the ship may survive it, but the humans won't. Yeah. And I think that it doesn't – that's just a perfect example of like that of, of, of AIs and robots like screwing things up in sci-fi movies mm-hmm. that could easily translate to something in, in real life. <laughs> And then maybe we'll get, like, a 2001 Space Odyssey, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that, Dave. (laughs) No thanks. I don't really want a HAL 9000. And and, and I think that there is a real fear of technology for some people where, you know, you've got everything listening to you. I mean, we, we could have a conversation between ourselves and all of a sudden we see ads popping up. I want to see ads for Blade Runner now. I know. I'm going to see ads for Cyberpunk 2077. We're going to see ads for the, the Ring uh, doorbell or, you know, exactly. something like Everything that. Exactly. Everything that we talked you. about. Yeah. <laughs> Home security. We're going to see, like, all kinds of computers. New laptops. <laughs> iPads. Everything's listening. Everything's recording at all times. And, you know, it's normal. And we don't think about it normally. But when you stop to think about it, it is really scary we've just accepted it that's one of the things that have like kind of scared me a bit because we're kind of like oh yeah you know that's just the way the world works whereas like 20 years ago you know i mean if you look at i mean even the matrix Mm -hmm. they're like oh gosh you know they know everything like throw your phone away like all this stuff like we don't want them to crack track us yeah and here we are like 20 years later doing the same stuff where we're just like oh yeah it knows we are like it tracks us and everyone's afraid of like microchips and stuff but you carry around a gps system you carry around a gps at all times you are hooked up to the network unless you're living off grid yeah uh, which is such a weird term when you think about the (laughs) matrix like we live off grid but that really means the power grid (laughs) yeah you're you're living in zion now where everyone's got like no technology or anything yeah i mean you could be you could live like the amish but when you look at possibilities with technology who wants to live like that yeah give me the jetsons (laughs) 
Where's Rosie? My living room's a mess. Flintstones versus Jetsons. I think most people are probably going to choose the Jetsons. (laughs) So let's conclude with our final um, topic here. Do you think that sci-fi gives you hope for a good future? Or do you think that we're headed towards an inevitable dystopia? I think that we're headed to an inevitable dystopia. And the only reason why I think that is because if you look at our world now, Mm -hmm. it just seems like though things seem to be getting better on the surface, Mm -hmm. you know, things really haven't changed. Like all it is is just you talk about like ebbs and flows. It's all, you know, it happens, but the constant remains the same. The Mm -hmm. government is still the same as it's always been. You know, I mean, the only thing that changes is the figurehead. I mean, they're still doing the same stuff. They still don't really care about the people, no matter who's in office. And I think that technology could just further that destructive path where, who knows? I mean, like, using the stock market AI as an example, Mm -hmm. you know, how how long before somebody creates an anti-AI that will, like, start going in there and doing awful projections for companies just to sink the competition. Yeah. Then you're looking at, like, a complete market crash. How are we ever going to come back from that? Because we've invested so much of our economy into, like, one system Mm -hmm. that once that system goes down, like, we're solely screwed. And then the entire world has also built their economies around that system. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're looking at us and they're like, oh, look at them. They all screwed up. And then, I don't know. I I, I honestly think it's just going to get worse. I don't think that... I think human greed is probably... It's really not technology it's not science fiction mm-hmm. really that's going to turn it into a dystopia it's really human greed it's just like human greed for power and money mm-hmm. is what's always going to screw everything and it's always been that way no matter what if you look at fantasy you know look at lord of the rings like mm-hmm. everything is all the same it's always people who want power or people who want money that are always going to screw things up and yeah. if, as long as they get it and everyone else doesn't they don't care and i think that's they're going to do what they can with technology to make that happen better, faster, mm-hmm. easier for them. And whether that means starting a war with someone that you can just wipe them out and take their resources mm-hmm. or controlling your own population by, you know, giving us all phones and stuff that can track yeah. everything we do. And they're like, OK, well, the human people like this. So I'm going to get on TV and pretend to be this for them. You know, I'm going to yeah. put on my Max Hedrum face and be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, everyone likes this. And everyone's going to be like, that guy's cool. Mm-hmm. I like him. I'm going to vote for him and follow his policies or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they're, everyone's using technology to do stuff like that. So are we headed are, because of that simple human greed for power, money, whatever it is, sex, mm-hmm. all that stuff, the greed is what's keeping, I think, people from having a Star Trek like utopian world in the future Mm -hmm. i mean even though star trek takes place i think in like 22 something Mm -hmm. i really think that by the time that comes around that year actually comes around we're not going to be nowhere near yeah that utopian status we might even be worse off than we are right now we might be looking back in the old days saying remember back in 2020 (laughs) when things really started looking crappy that was like the best of times now wasn't it you know Mm -hmm. looking back technology is just an easy way to further your agenda Mm mm-hmm I think a lot of people look at the past through rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, the best example I can think of is Aeon Flux. Not the, not the cartoon, but the, the movie where you have this scientist who created this technology out of a good place. 
you know, he wanted to save his, the human race from this virus. And so they're recloning people over and over again. But, of course, his brother is really greedy and wants to take over. And that sort of puts a dent in everything. Yeah, it happens, you know, there's a good ending. But in our reality, it doesn't seem like that really happens. You know, in reality, that because that story is fiction. And we use mm-hmm. fiction more as a distraction sure. from reality. There's always going to be, I don't know, like even Ready Player One. I feel like that's more of what our world is headed towards, where you have people living in extreme poverty, but we're living to have that next piece of technology, that next PlayStation 5, you know? (laughs) where kind of where we're at now. That is. I mean, everyone's jonesing for this new piece of technology that, of course, is trickling out, which I feel is a conspiracy in and of itself. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, like, I'm like, you know, I'm telling you, we'll get one when we can. Yeah. And we feel left out in a way. And I feel like that's done on purpose. Yeah, and they have all these ads on everything that's, like, only for PS5. Yeah. Or it's, like, only on Xbox, like, the whatever the new one's called. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's only on these, you know, coming this June. It's, like, okay, I don't have one. When yeah. can I get one? Yeah. Like, you know, if they had them in stores, I'd be happy about it. But now you're catering to a very small percentage of people that and you're like okay so those guys all get it but we what about us i i kind of do feel like that is a tactic done on purpose but whatever (laughs) i (laughs) i am a little mad that i didn't get you one i didn't get to get you one for your birthday that's all right you got me an awesome (laughs) abu garcia rod for valentine's day so yeah but that's still amazing though So I I want to have hope for the future. Some sci-fi gives me hope. You know, a lot of sci-fi ends with a good ending, of course. Yeah. Because that's what we want. Yeah. That's what everybody wants is a good ending. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I do kind of, in reality, I see everything going negatively. Yeah, because every sci-fi, no matter how good of an ending it is, has been exploited for bad. Yes. Look at Back to the Future, a wholesome movie about like, hey, you need to go back and hook your parents up because <laughs> something bad's going to happen. Well, guess what? Like, that time travel was still used for bad. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you can screw something up in the past. You had Back to the Future 2 where Biff got a hold of the Omnac, like, uh-huh. went back and started betting on stuff and then, like, changing future and, like... Even that was, you know, that's all greed, mm-hmm. you know? So you look at every sci-fi thing, no matter how hopeful it is, they've all exploited the technology in it for their own agenda. Yeah. So that doesn't... I want to be hopeful, but when you look at stuff like that, when you look at anything beyond Star Trek... Yeah. Star Trek is, like, the only thing where it's like... oh, And, in, and correct us if, if we're wrong about that. Because we definitely want to know if there's more utopian type sci fi mm-hmm. stuff. But everything has been exploited to where it's like these, this is like, you know, you have this great piece of technology and you're like, this is so fantastic. Someone inevitably is going to come up with some way to like mess it up and like use it for nefarious means. Yes. So when you look at it like that and you think about the human condition of greed, mm-hmm. there's, it's almost it's like no way that it's ever going to be a happy. Yeah. Happy future with technology. Stupid humans. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I think that that is kind of our where we're going to leave off on this particular topic. Yeah, we're uh, sorry we didn't talk about your favorite sci-fi thing. <laughs> yeah, we we want to know what you think. Um, is what, What's your favorite sci-fi? We really want to know. Um, there's probably something we missed. It, it's just such a huge category. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably, we might go into something in more detail later. I mean, if we just stop and think about the stuff that you're probably going to yell at us about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot of sci-fi that we didn't cover. Like, yeah. we, we really brushed over, barely over, like, the aliens type stuff. Yeah. So you really are missing out on a lot of stuff like Alien Nation or and even... And we really didn't talk about time travel. We didn't talk about time travel. There's a whole genre of movies just like that. Yeah. Back to the Future I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then there's also... And Doctor Who. Doctor Who. There's Looper. There's... Yeah. I mean, there's that... Uh, I can't remember what the name of that movie, but it was Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. in a movie where he... I think it was like Predestination or something like that, where uh-huh. he like time traveled and all that. There's just so many time travel things we could do a whole episode just on time traveling but then there's also other stuff like you know like i would say even ghostbusters would be a sci-fi type of movie because that mixes a lot of science with like supernatural Mm -hmm. and that's also a comedy film and we will definitely cover lovecraft (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's cosmic stuff interdimensions i mean we we didn't even get into stuff like et or like Mm -hmm. um like I said, Alien Nation, uh, V, a couple of other alien invasion type things. We covered mm-hmm. War of the Worlds a little bit. There's also stuff like The Abyss, mm-hmm. um, Underwater that had come out a couple oh, years ago. underrated movie. Yeah, and a million type of space stuff like Flash Gordon and uh-huh. um, Buck Rogers yeah. was another like huge thing back in the day. Um, different kinds of space TV shows like Babylon 5, Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's so much stuff that we just – we can't cover everything, especially, yeah. you know, we're coming up on, I think, on almost two hours, and it's still not enough, like, to cover all of the sci-fi <laughs> stuff. So you can yell at us all you want, but we did kind of get stuck on a few things. But yeah. that's – we want to do sci-fi overall. We weren't really, like, looking for – Okay, we're going to talk about just robots. Yes. But robots did become a big thing because that's technology. And, and yeah. I mean, kind of mirrors our world right now, how, mm. how you were talking about it earlier. Exactly. Like, it kind of, like, reflects our society. And mm. right now, AI and, like, robots is, like, a really big thing in, big in thing, our world. So sure. we see a lot more of that in in stuff as far as sci-fi movies and books and other things like that so yeah sorry we didn't get to your favorite sci-fi thing because i know we missed a lot of stuff i know people are going to be like well, what about this well what about that and we, we get that every episode yeah. somebody comes to one of us and says oh well you know and they have this like this full-blown conversation with us um by the way we do have a group that uh, on facebook we would love for you guys to you know have a discussion there um, because there, we know that everybody has a different opinion, something that hits them a little differently. Um, so please check that out. Um, we'll, we'll definitely accept you into the group, yeah. uh, quickly, as quickly as we can. Um, we also have a page on there as well. Um, and please like, rate, share, subscribe our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're going to try something new with our 10th episode coming up. Yeah. It's a very, it's like our first milestone. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they say that a lot of podcasts die after the seventh and we're still going strong. Yeah. And we have a lot of, we have a lot more ideas. Yes. We were kind of, we were having a hard time figuring out what we we're going to do tonight. 
mm-hmm. you know so and it's and it it's not that we're having a hard time coming up with ideas it's we just have so many of them yes that exactly. we're having a hard time picking one so we're we're gonna try something different we want to um include more people in the picking of our topics so we are going to put a poll up on our facebook group uh, and we want you to help us decide the next topic for our 10th episode. Um, so my uh, choice is cryptids. Um, and Explain Joe's... that for people who may not know what cryptids oh, are. Oh, okay. Uh, so cryptids are like uh, Mothman or Thunderbird or Bigfoot. Bigfoot is the biggest one. Uh, Nessie, Big... Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster. Uh, those are all cryptids. Um, and and you can even get into, like, mermaids and stuff like that, too. Technically, I guess those would be cryptids. Unicorns. So. Yeah. Um, Which exists in North Korea, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They found a cave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> so, my pick would be cryptids. Joe uh, threw out cartoons, which is a huge topic as well. Yeah. In uh, fact, you- we we talked about, like, focusing on just an era yeah but i think we should do cartoons as a whole like we need to do them as as a whole yeah. it's gonna be like the sci. if we end up doing that it's gonna be like the sci-fi so don't be all sad if we don't talk about <laughs> biker mice from mars or something like that because we're not going to cover every single cartoon but we're going to talk about some of the best ones and we'll also have um you can also suggest your own um or you know write down in the comments what you think uh, but those are our two options right now. Should we do cryptids or cartoons for our tenth episode? Or will your or your write in? Yes. Uh, and we'll tally up the votes. I don't know when we're going to end it, but uh, before the next episode, but it's going to be before <laughs> Sunday. So try to get in as soon as possible to to put it in though, so that yes. we have time to, to tally them up and, and, and yeah, come up with a good show for you guys. <laughs> so that's going to be our show for today. Uh, don't forget to check out that Facebook group and that poll, and we will see you next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot so much for listening, guys. We appreciate each and every one of you, especially for sticking with us this long for nine episodes now coming up on. Well, actually, it's 11 if we talk about um, our Pedwick pieces, Pedwick pieces, plus one more for our intro. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got like 12 things out there. But yeah. we're thanks for sticking with us this whole time. And we're look, looking forward to bringing you more stuff. So we'll see you next time.